What difference does the resurrection of Jesus Christ have in your life? What difference does it make in your everyday living? Today, we, are, we have come together like people around us and other congregations and throughout the world, throughout nations. We're coming together this Easter and we're saying Jesus Christ is God-man, a historical, real person. Not just a person, but God, fully, completely deity, divine God, man, human, sinless, perfect, never saying anything wrong, never a wrong sinful thought or behavior. One person, Jesus Christ, God, man, he was born, as the scriptures say. He lived a perfect life. He obeyed every law and command by God the Father. He willingly allowed those soldiers to come and arrest him and begin that abuse and beatings and cruelty, that torture. But even more than the physical and emotional pain, he accepted God's wrath, God's punishment against sin that he did not deserve. That was the greatest pain. Sinless, perfect God-man accepting sin upon himself, the punishment of God upon himself. Dead crucified, murdered, buried, but as promised, resurrected, made to live again. What significance? What does it matter? So what? It means a lot. And we pray it will mean much in your life. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proved that God was pleased, that all of God's holy law and commands in punishing sin was satisfied in Jesus Christ. Many people in past history and in today, there are people who claim they are God, claim they are the Savior and Messiah. Many have died making that claim and have been buried. And they're still in their grave. There's only one who's been resurrected or will be resurrected, and that's Jesus Christ. Here in Romans chapter 8, We're looking, and I hope you'll see in a new way, perhaps for the first time, 
but going away in your heart, shouting, singing, applauding the work and accomplishments of Jesus Christ. Because of his resurrections, we have these truths. Because that grave was empty and the Father was pleased with his death, Jesus descended into hell Either Christ on your behalf has taken hell for you or unless you turn to him and repent of your sin, unless you believe on him, you will spend eternity in hell. That's the Bible. Either Christ in your place or you are there. But because of Christ's resurrection, Look at these truths. Because the grave was empty, I encourage you to write down these five truths. We may not have time to look at each one individually as I desire, but write these down. Look at these references and go back to them and read them and study them and study them with others to see if what Paul is saying and what I am saying is true. But family, guest, here are five extraordinary truths, exceptional truths that should encourage you because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The first is this, Christ's Holy Spirit is praying for Christ's family. Are you in the family? If you are, then the Holy Spirit of Christ is praying for you. That's in Romans 8, 26, and 27. Secondly, Christ is working out everything together for his praise and our good. That's powerful. You need this. We all need to believe this. Romans 8, 28. Thirdly, Christ is for you and not against you. If you're in him, he's for you, he's not against you. 31 and 32, Romans 8, 31, 32. Fourthly, not only is the Holy Spirit praying, but Christ himself is praying for his family. Romans 8, 34, Romans 8, 34. And lastly, Christ's love for his bride. Christ's love for his family. Christ's commitment to his own is secure. (laughs) It's secure. It's eternal. Romans 8, 35 through 39. But first, look at this. For all who are in Christ, Christ looks at his family as one family. Who enters his his family? Those who see yourself as a sinner before God, deserving his displeasure, deserving his judgment, deserving his punishment, and you're willing to turn from your sin, going your own way to follow him. Repenting of your sin, turning to Christ, trusting only in him to make you accepted. It's the only way to enter the family. 
And for all who do turn from your sin and trust only in Christ, then his Holy Spirit is living within you. Wow. The Holy Spirit himself. And that's the reason you're to guard and take care of your body, your physical, medical, physical body is because the Holy Spirit lives within you if he does. What's he doing? One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to pray, to pray for his family. Look at Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Do you see yourself as weak? God sees us as weak spiritually, emotionally, We need help. We are weak. But he comes to help you in your weakness. We are so weak spiritually, we don't even know how to pray as we should. That's how weak we are. But the Holy Spirit knows how to pray, and he knows how to pray perfect prayers, and he's praying perfect prayers. Perfect. For the family of Christ. There are times in my own life where I feel so inadequate and needy and destitute spiritually. I say to the Father, Father, answer the prayers of the Holy Spirit. Just answer them. His prayers and those prayers of Christ. Just answer them. And he promises to do that for the family. The Holy Spirit is praying for us in your weakness. We don't know how to pray as we should, but he himself is interceding for us. Hallelujah. Because of Christ's resurrection, the Holy Spirit is praying. Secondly, Christ is working out everything for his praise and our good. Are you in Christ? Bad things happen. Pain, suffering, tragedy, crisis happen in the lives of those who trust Christ. How are we to handle that? By believing the scriptures. Because of Christ's resurrection, we can know. Look at Romans 8, 28. You can know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. All things. Do you really mean that, Lord? The pain, the crisis. Cancer, the wreck, the death, 
the heart attack, that divorce. For all of those who love Christ, who are called according to his purpose. He's working all of that together for your good. Hallelujah. All because of the resurrection. This young lady, she was so faithful when she was in school, in college in this area. So faithful, worshiping with us. Week after week after week. I asked her recently. Now she's graduated. She's in her mid-20s. She's working in Greenville, South Carolina. She's given me permission to share this. Faithful, faithful. Concerned about people right around her there in Greenville. Concerned about the people of France and thinking Christ is calling her to France. Single lady in her 20s. For approval to go to France, she had to go before the mission board. She had to get physicals. And while her medical exams, she's being told, you have a disease and you're going blind. And perhaps in 10 years, you'll be blind. Our effects of it. Mid-20s? Giving her life to Christ? Wanting to represent him in France? I said, what is God teaching you? And she's given me permission. God has been using this diagnosis and future move to France to show me that earthly things that I have been holding on to instead of him allowing me to repent. God is, been, God is showing me I've been holding on to these things. And he's bringing me to repentance. Repentance. What do you need to repent of? Making health making other good things more important than Jesus Christ. Listen, she continues to repent. I'm learning that I can lose my vision. He's showing me that things I have grasped so tightly for security and fulfillment. I'm secure. I'm fulfilled in this. I can't hold on to anyway. What are you learning? The Lord is more real and more precious. That far outlasts any of these things. And I know that he loves to come and meet his people in their pain. That's what I'm learning. He comes to meet us in our pain in our loss particularly. So even in a sin of sin, season of grief, bewilderment, yeah, I'm grieving. Yes, I'm bewildered. I don't understand. There is a small part of me that is excited. 
excited? Yeah. Because I know that I will know him more and receive more of him in the years to come because of this diagnosis. The more I lose in this life, the more I gain of him that is ultimately worth every heartache. Did you hear that? The more I lose in this life, the more we gain of him that is ultimately worth every heartache. I'm not there. You tell me I'm going blind as an old man? Or at any age? I'm not where she is. She's too mature for me. She's understanding that all things are working together for her good and for his praise because of Christ's resurrection. What do we learn from the resurrection? The Holy Spirit is praying. Secondly, God is working out everything for our good. Thirdly, look at the third one. Romans 8, 31 through 32. 31 through 32. Listen, Christ because of the resurrection, is for you. He is not against you. Look at the scripture. Paul asks, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you sometimes feel that God is against you? For he must be against you because of what he's allowing in your life. Some of you feel very, very alone. Oh, you're around other people and you're smiling and you're laughing, but deep down you feel alone. God, are you for me? Are you for us or are you against us? <laughs> if you're in Christ, he's for you. He's for you. He's not against you. Look how, look how much he's for you. Look at verse 32. Ooh, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give you all things? Wow. May you grasp this. The argument here is from the greater to the lesser, the greater to the lesser. Paul is saying, look, for you who are in Christ, God has given the most ultimate, precious gift he could give, the gift of his son. Having given you the ultimate gift, certainly he'll provide a lesser gift graciously, without any reluctance, without any hesitance because of the resurrection. Listen, imagine this. Here's a young student. He's in college. And he works hard academically. And he's got a part-time job. 
And he's working hard. He's not expecting mom and dad to take care of him. He welcomes their help, but he's willing to work, and he does. And there's 15000 that's needed to complete his tuition, his room and board, and that's a lot of money. Again, he works hard. He's not lazy. Part-time job, make it as much as he can. But still lacks 15000 And mom and dad appreciate his hard work. And they say, son, let us pay that for you. Graciously provide for him that remaining amount because they're thankful for him. Well, it's, it's, he has something special to do. Doesn't have a car on campus, but he needs a little spending money until payday. Remember, he's worked. He didn't ask for it, but the parents find out he needs as little as $15. Until payday. And they hear about it. He's not lazy. Works hard. It's $15. Here, son. What a joy to give you $15. They'd already given him $15,000. If he's giving you the ultimate, how much more will he not give to you? graciously the lesser gift. That's what he's saying here. Two of our dear, dear families, one of our older families, Phyllis Vansois, she and her husband Charles went to see her mother in Nebraska. 104 years old. While there, Mother deceases. Wow. Thankful to Christ for our godly mother. And just yesterday morning, Christ took home Randy Randall's dad. Heartache, but joy in knowing because of Christ's resurrection. Mr. Randall is in the presence of his Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, for all who are in Christ, he's for you. He is not against you. Remember it. When life gets ugly, and hard and seemingly unbearable. What's the fourth truth from this passage? Not only is the Holy Spirit praying, but Christ himself is praying. The Bible teaches there's three God, one God in three persons. One God in three persons. The Holy Spirit is praying here in Romans 8.34. 8.34, who is it that can, who is condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. He died, but more than that, he was what? He was raised. He was resurrected. He's at the right hand of God who 
indeed is interceding. He's praying. Perfect prayers. Ha. He's for you. He's not against you. He's going to provide whatever is a legitimate need because he's resurrected. And then lastly, oh, look at Romans 8, 35 through 39. Christ's love for his bride, his family, is secure. The church, Christ's family, is called the bride. He loves his bride. Christ's love is secure, Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He's alive. He's resurrected. Is it possible to separate his love? What about tribulation? What about distress? Persecution? Much of this present world, much of this present world to believe on Christ means abuse and beatings and torture, imprisonment, loss of property, loss of life. In the Muslim world, in communist China, or communist North Korea, considered one of the most persecuted nations of the world for believers. In places in the Muslim world, mamas are watching their children starve to death. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? The sword is at the throat. And all you have to do is say you no longer worship Christ, but embrace Allah. That's all you got to do. Deny Christ. Go back to your Muslim faith. That's all you got to do. If not, it's the sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Do you see yourself in everyday world as a sheep out there without protection, ready to be slaughtered? In Christ, you're secure. Look what he says. No, 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 no. Verse 37. No, in all these things, you are not defeated. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. Christ. You can be sure of this, family. Yes, you can be sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things in the present, nor anything that may come in your life. No power, no height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Wow. This 
It's because of Christ. Resurrection. That we're celebrating. I'll call her Sue. She has given me permission to share her story. Sue had an abusive dad, not abusive to her or to her siblings, but extremely abusive to his wife, their mother. Sue was the oldest of four children. Dad was so abusive to their mom that he threatened to kill her and secured a gun. And mama left. Not only left her husband, but left those four children. And now Sue takes the responsibility of being a mother figure to her three younger siblings. Mama to these three younger ones. In her freshman year of college, Sue was able to go to college and met a young man and got married when she was 18. At age 19, she was a mama. Her husband is in the military. It was during Vietnam. He leaves to go to Vietnam. He says to his own father, okay? He says to his own father before he leaves, if I do not return, if I am killed, I want my wife to remarry. A man who will love her and love our children. They have two children now. Who will love her and love my children. He goes to Vietnam. Six weeks in country. He's shot and killed. Here she is, a young widow at 24 years old. With two little ones. She did, the Lord did bring a man into her life and three years as a widow she married and he was a good husband and he loved those boys, children as if they were his in fact he adopted them wonderful husband wonderful dad to her boys and they were married for 35 years. And then suddenly, unexpectedly, the Lord takes this husband to himself. And now she's a widow again. Again, she's given permission. And I said, I asked her, what is our Lord teaching you through all of this? What are you learning? What's he teaching you? This is what she said. God will never leave us. His love is secure. Nothing can separate us from his love. Secondly, he's always 
with you. You're not alone. He's for you. He'll never leave you. He's always with you. Christ becomes your best friend. Becomes your best friend. He becomes your husband. That is emotionally. He becomes your husband. She's learning, fifthly, that the peace that surpasses understanding will guard the heart that's focused on Christ. There's a supernatural peace and comfort that the world cannot explain because Christ is resurrected. She said she's learning to pray without ceasing, as the Scriptures say especially at night when you're so lonely. Learning to pray without ceasing, especially at night, and I can't sleep, and I'm lonely. He's that precious. God is very good. This is her last statement. God is very good. Why is God very good? Because Christ is resurrected. Because Christ is alive. Because Christ is working all this together for his good. For your good and his glory. If you love him. If you've been called. I need to grow. I need to grow up. I don't know Christ this well. Are you in his family? Are you one of his sons and daughters? Acknowledge your sin. Acknowledge your weakness, your need of Christ, and transfer your trust to him every day. He's praying for you. He's praying for his family. He's, the Holy Spirit is praying. He'll provide whatever is needed. Stay in the Word. Study the Word with others. Come together and worship either here or somewhere where these truths are always presented. The work, the accomplishments of the resurrected Christ. If I can be of service, we have men who will help talk to you men and boys. We have ladies who will talk with you ladies and girls about the resurrected, living Jesus Christ. Let's thank him. Father, we shout... We sing your son. He never ever sinned, Father, and yet he became sin so that all of those you've given to him become his very righteousness. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Enable us and persuade us to believe these truths, to experience it, and yes, 
to share it with others around us and throughout the nations. In the name of Christ, oh, Father, the name of your Son, amen.